Welcome back to the Bleach and Bothered podcast. My name is Layla Halbert. I'm your hostess with the mostess. Thank you so much for tuning in. And um, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, Get ready for the shit show. It might be fine today. I don't know. It's the first time I've recorded with a guest in like three months. So we'll see how things go, but it should be good. Um, First things first, if you are not already following the podcast Instagram account, or my personal Instagram account, you can go ahead and do that. I will link uh, the handles in the episode description as per usual. Also, if you have not yet left a rating on the podcast or written a review, please do that. Um, I really wanted to hit 100 written reviews before quarantine was over. And like technically we're in phase two now and we're only at 65. So like... If we could make that happen, that'd be great. You just have to go. It takes three seconds. You just hit five stars and you don't even have to write anything, but you can if you want. Um, anyway, I think that's all the housekeeping I have other than I mentioned um, in last week's episode that we still have a few merch items available. So if you want a t-shirt or a sweatshirt, I'm running low on sizes, but I still have a few left. So if you want one before they run out, let me know. Um, okay. Today, I have with me my friend Natalie. Hello. Say hi. I'm so patiently waiting for I you am. to <laughs> stop babbling. <laughs> um, how's it going? It's good. I'm, like, really excited. Like, I feel all the, like, the fun jitters. I know. That it's you always, feel- uh, whenever it's people's first, well, I, I think most of the people that have come on the podcast, it's been their first yeah time doing a podcast because like i'm just like a normal person and i'm you know but you're like climbing I'm, i know people <laughs> that are just like other normal people so yeah for the most part everyone's like like i've even had people be like what's a podcast and i'm like Ugh. oh this will be interesting um <laughs> but <laughs> you'll feel better after we like start coasting a yeah little like more. ease into it and yeah. like I mean, I'm not new to your show. Like, I've heard True. all your other You're familiar. I'm familiar. And, like, it eases into it. And, like, yeah. yeah, people get a flow. It's, like, structured but kind of not at the same time. Like, when I asked – so when I asked Natalie if she wanted to come be on – um, she's like, what are we, what topic do you want to talk? Like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, well, I mean, I kind of just like leave it up to whoever, like I'm, sometimes there's people who like, they like have a specific business or like something that they do or know about or whatever that I like seek them out for that purpose. But then other times it's like, I just like want to have my friends come on and talk to them. And I don't know, everyone has something to say or talk yeah. about. So, um, but anyway, I was just like, well, what do you feel like you know things about that you could talk about and you would like other people to know? So, um, yeah. Anyway, before we like get into our like real, our full on Mm. chat, Mm -hmm. um, I've been kind of switching things around a little bit where I like to do our like bothered things at the beginning, just because sometimes you just never really know like where the conversation is going to go. And if it like for whatever reason gets like serious or like, you know, like you never know what the mood's going to be. And then all of a sudden be like, so like, what's annoying (laughs) to you? You know, it's just like kind of a weird, I don't know. I've just been experimenting with doing it at the front of the episode instead of the end. So that being said, 
that's what we're going to do. We're going to do our bothered things right now. Let's get it off our chest. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I think, well, you were talking about forgetting it. Are You got it locked I'll and loaded? Okay. <laughs> okay. That was not hard for you to... For you to go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Um, so my thing today is, so something that really annoys the shit out of me, which might be an unpopular opinion, but Ooh. it's me. So Let's no surprise. Um, I can't stand self-checkout at grocery stores. Really? I hate it. Especially when you're like buying produce, which <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like, I I get the concept of like, it's supposed to like be faster i guess because yeah. you don't have to like wait for someone to ring you up but i feel like it ends up taking way longer and then whenever like you press the wrong button or like fuck something up you have to sit there and wait like a five-year-old mm. for the attendant or mm-hmm. whatever to come and like type in their code mm-hmm. and like save you and I'm just, you know what i would rather spend the five minutes that i would be hassling with this piece of technology waiting in line for someone else to do the work for me than doing it myself that's so. fair i mean i actually love self-checkout and this is why um i worked at trader joe's for like four years of my life you did i did uh, did I, I know you when you worked there no oh. i worked before i moved to bellingham for school so I worked, I started at 18, my senior year of high school, and I worked on and off because I took a gap year, four years? I worked there four years, yeah. So I uh, I know the drill, and I just, like, can't stand when other people do it, like, wrong or slow. Like, I, I was a fast checker. That's, yeah, that makes sense. But I, I feel you. Sometimes I'm standing in line behind all of the noobs, and I'm like, how hard is it to type in four numbers? Like, go, go quicker. Yeah. I yeah well and then like you have the problem where like you're you're bagging your own groceries mm. and it like doesn't let you like move like you have to leave them there but I'm like what if I have too many that it doesn't fit on it's this little metal so square big. and if you try to move anything they're like item missing or whatever it says please please, <laughs> please return replace. your items to the whatever and I'm just like fuck you bitch <laughs> let me live seriously i think i just don't like anyone telling me what to do even if it's a computer if it's a computer (laughs) that's fair i also enjoy the no personal contact of it so i make sure i don't fuck up so that i mean i guess it would just depend on like what i'm buying but nine times out of ten if i'm at the grocery store it's like for like a large amount of things because i have a two-year-old so i don't i don't just like gotta feed mouth go to the grocery store for one thing yeah like it's just not it's just not a thing for me. I'm living those days right now. Well, good for you. <laughs> um, okay, what's your thing? Okay, my thing. Um, I had other things, but this is something that I was reminded when I sat down today because in you can't see my chair, but my chair has... It's not made for my booty, and you also cannot see my booty. It is quite large. Uh, I am known for the, the, the hips and the... Same, but yeah. I think yours is bigger than mine. We're in good I think you're company. probably one of the only people I've ever met who has a bigger ass than I do. I mean, Brazilians, right? Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> it's funny how we're both only half. Fun fact, Natalie and I are both um, half Brazilian. I'm actually full Brazilian. You are? Yeah, man. I thought you were only half. I'm, I'm half white, but I'm full Brazilian. Yeah, both my parents were born and raised. My dad was born and raised in Rio. I know. She's learned things about Rip. me. We I've lived known you for together. S- and you d- <laughs> she 
Sheesh. No, my dad, my dad was born and raised in Rio. And my mom was born and raised. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we, I did get a, really... we did a sound check before Woo! this and she was like talking like this. And I was like, is that how you're going to be talking? No, I get loud. That's like yeah. Latina and me. Like I get loud, um, especially when I get comfortable. So <laughs> sorry. So let me see the mic while I'm here. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. My mom born and raised in Sao Paulo. And so I don't know where they met. I Because they're divorced. I don't really like hear their love story. Rip. <laughs> so <laughs> um yeah but they moved here maybe like four or five years before i was born so i wasn't born there but yeah that's what it is okay i knew there was like because when we we'll we'll get into that in a second but like when we met each other and like found out that we were like both brazilian i think that was the thing was like you weren't born yeah. there but you do speak portuguese yeah. and i was born there but yeah. i don't speak portuguese which is so interesting like i've I'm, learned a lot more yeah like, in the last couple of years but it's so it's hard like yeah there's like a almost like a pressure as a, a parent because I have other friends that have are have immigrant parents there's like pressure of like do you teach your kid the language do you not and my yeah. parents really embraced in my eyes it was kind of like they rarely embraced assimilation like to their own benefit like they wanted to be successful and they they have been like I'm really proud of both of my parents they are successful wonderful people but I think like my dad really wanted to speak Portuguese with me and my sister. And we, um, when we did, it was like, it was our first language, even though we lived here um, in the U.S. That's all we spoke. But when they divorced, um, I was about four or five. So my mom didn't really like hold up that end of the deal um, for whatever reason. I actually don't know. But my dad was really eminent that we we did. And so when I went to school and I started speaking English with all my friends, it just kind of like fit in the background. But I still like... I have some of it. My Spanish is actually better than my Portuguese these well, days, honestly. I would kind of hope so. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's funny. I, I don't know why I just like maybe I just made that up in my head for some reason. But well, I guess it makes sense. I'm only half. So half the booty. <laughs> yeah, there you go. To maybe bring it back it. around. Maybe that's it. So I interrupted you. Go ahead and tell your your thing. Oh, well, it all circles back. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the chair that I'm in has no arms. And let me tell you, there is no kind of frustration like a curvaceous woman sitting in a chair with arms because it like it depends on the chair. But like if you look at many, I'm not saying all bodies, but many women's bodies are like naturally more curvy at the hips. And so when you try to sit in a chair that has arms, holy fuck, it's so hard. Like I'll like. It depends on, like, the seat, but I remember, especially in airplanes, like, sometimes I'll have to, like, shift, and it's, like, I am I not... Hate, it's the I fucking worst. airplane seats. It's the worst. Like, I cannot... I will not ride a plane before I ride in the middle seat. Like, I am so uncomfortable because I know my hips aren't going to touch people, and because the... What are they called? Armrests? They, like, kind of go up. Like, yeah. you can't push them all the way down, and it's... I'm not embarrassed by my shape or my size. Like, I'm proud of that, but... It's just I know other it put makes other people uncomfortable, which like really like they fucking don't know how sucks. to do, which yeah, it's just it's uncomfortable. And if you've ever flown in a European plane or sat in any sort of European chair, fuck those seats. They're so because if you look at a French woman, tiny. Well, even in even in Brazil, though, like yeah. Brazilian women are like kind of known for the like big booties and their like curves and whatever. But like I was there like three years ago, almost. Yeah, exactly. Three years ago. And I like I've got I've gained weight like over the years, like throughout Same. like my 20s. That's pretty normal thing. Um, but 
I noticed because the last time that I was in Brazil, I was like 16. Mm -hmm. And so and I remember like do like I had so much fun like doing all this shopping and Mm -hmm. like, you know, they have like different fashion and like styles and whatever. And so I was so excited to like go shopping and do all this stuff. And then I did. And I very quickly realized that like literally like I could not find a store that carried anything above a size large. Yeah. And their sizing like like feels a lot like smaller even Mm -hmm. than like U.S. sizing. It was a nightmare. So it's not just Europe. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I last time I went was 10 years ago. I need to go back. I think yeah, I was 20 last time I went. And we didn't really go shopping because I was just with my grandma and mom mostly. But I, I do remember feeling out of place, maybe. Yeah, it yeah, sucks. It sucks. I mean, it sucks no matter where you are if you have to deal with it that. Does. But that's it does. a topic for another day. Um, So, Indeed. yeah, chairs with armrests. Fuck them. Yeah, they suck. I, I think that, I mean, it does depend on the chair and it does. whatever. But I think also I remember, like, when I used to go to church all the time and the one that I went to, like, had, like, the movie theater seats, kind Ugh. of. I'm just like, Why? Like, how do people sit in these? Why? They're tiny. I just don't even, like, why are there even chairs that are made like that? Like, you when you think like about it. Like the movie theater ones? Like, just, I mean, any any chair that's, like, little. Because they want to get more butts in the seats and make more money anywhere. Yeah, like, I guess Whether it's a true. church or movie theater or a stadium, they want more money. They want little butts in the seats. They want little butts because, <laughs> like, this world was made for tiny people. Stupid. Ugh. I mean, we love our tiny friends, but we hate them too. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you. Different struggles. Different yeah, struggles. Different. But, all right. Well, now that we've got those things out of the mm-hmm. way, thank God I didn't make her sit in a chair with arms on it. Oh my God. I would have been like the whole time, like sitting on one <laughs> ass cheek. Like I'm comfortable. I swear. Thank you. I feel like a oh my gosh. welcomed guest. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we've got options for armless we chairs. We do. My dad is a large man, mm. so he is probably used to the same issue so we're good to go in this house <laughs> um i think my my like my dad's like six uh, i think he's only like six foot but he's like a he's a bigger guy but like he he's like he's got a big belly and i have like my weights like all in my legs basically and so like i'll like go to like put on his like sweatshirts because they're like you know big and comfy yeah. And then I'll, like, try to put on his sweatpants if I don't feel like like wearing, like, my tight leggings or whatever. And I, like, can't even pull them up. I'm like, oh, that's great that my large man dad is smaller than me oh, in the I legs. Cool. Cool, 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 anyway. No, my boyfriend is, like, no, my boyfriend's built like that, too. He's, like, he's, uh yeah, he's, like, 6'2". He's broad shoulder, like, big dude. And then, like, most men, like, what small in the that? bottom. What is that? What? guys why do they have such little legs i don't know well he does have little legs, not little but, but you know what i mean yeah they're like more like triangles than we yeah. are but like that's the same i can wear any t-shirt of his any hoodie but i don't even play with his <laughs> shorts or so- hell no and you want to hear what's hilarious he's gonna hate me he has put on my shorts before i so i played rugby seven years you're learning all sorts of nuggets about me and i have rugby shorts are like short like they're just notoriously short shorts and he's gonna he has worn them and looks damn good in them but like he will never wear them outside the house and it's funny that he can fit in my shorts and um they like fit him weirdly but in mine it's like or for his mm -mm. Mm -mm. yeah it's not happening (laughs) 
That's so funny. Give the image I, now. I was well. I just well. I was just thinking of a time. I don't. I don't know when it was, but I was um, playing Scrabble with a boy, and that's code for hooking up. Oh. Um, <laughs> I literally thought you meant Scrabble. <laughs> You've never heard that? No. What? Oh, I so bloomed cute. later in life, so I didn't learn all that youngin' stuff. Oh, that's so, so funny. Anyway. <laughs> not Scrabble. Not Scrabble. For those of you at home. Um, for those of you who don't know what that means. Um, but anyway, he we like um, finished our game and <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, Oh here, like here's a t shirt. I'm like, that's not gonna fit. <laughs> That's cute. Thanks for the crop top. <laughs> oh, it starts coming out. I'm like, but thank you for like assuming that that was going to fit over my chest. Like that guy, those stupid <laughs> scenes in movies when women come out wearing like that dress shirt, like, oh, hi. Oh, just so casually. they wearing uh, your shirt like a dress. And I'm like, it's a crop top on me. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully porky pig in it. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> like ooh, so sexy wearing your shirt with nothing underneath and i come out just like full belly out like full vagina out like sorry <laughs> no <laughs> hidden gems here i hope you like porky pig because oh my god <laughs> that's the energy that i have right now <laughs> i mean they were here for it at the beginning of the game so they should be there for the end oh my god Whew. wow didn't know that's where that was gonna go okay anyways see this is why i like getting this out of the way at the beginning yeah <laughs> Yeah. So, um, Natalie and I, I don't, I was trying to think like how we even like initially met. Do you I, remember? I was thinking, cause I know you always ask people and I was like, Oh, she's going to ask and I'm not going to know. Like it had to have been, had to be something, something through church. It I had think. to be like Ecclesia maybe. I'm my thought goes to Kate. Yeah. I'm sure it was like through a mutual. I don't know. Of some sort. Like someone was probably like, oh, you're Brazilian. I know one other Brazilian I mean, person. That's my life. You yeah. should meet them. That. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> I mean, I get excited because yeah. like there are four Brazilians in the state, but <laughs> there's more. Uh, in Seattle. There's more. OK, this year so I go on tangents this year. Same. I've never I've, I've I'm also a teacher. Spoiler alert. And I have never had, before this year, I had never had a Brazilian student ever, not even Portuguese student. Yes, there's a difference between a Brazilian and a Portuguese person. Don't even at me. So, <laughs> um, so I had never had in like six years, I think I've been teaching, never had a Brazilian student. This year, I've had three and I just met a fourth who's going to like, I'm going to work with next year. But holy shit, I got so excited. Like, because I like I spent all this time. Te I'm a Spanish they teacher. They transfer out of your class. No, <laughs> they're like she's a lot. She's crazy. <laughs> no, we can like connect on stuff. It's just like when I don't know. Maybe some of you can relate. Maybe not. I don't know. But like when your culture isn't really represented in your daily life, and you're not around people that kind of remind you of home, remind yeah. you of how you grew up, your parents, you your family, from. where you came from, your language. You it's not that you forget it, but you just it's kind of on the on the back burner or like, yeah. you know. And then as soon as like whenever I meet these 
kids like this year i met three of them in my class it just like it honestly it made my heart so warm i got so excited and they didn't really understand yeah but i mean i'm 30 years old i've uh, there's you know i haven't really met a lot of brazilians and it's just like it's just kind of like a reminder of like my roots and it's just it's really fun to like you know because nobody really knows anything about brazilian food they don't they're like portuguese isn't that spanish oh some of the some of the shit people have asked me yeah not so much recently but like when I was younger and like in high school, especially growing up in Linden, which is like the whitest town on the mm, planet. I saw that. Um <laughs> coming in. Yeah. Um, someone asked me, like, so she's like, do they like ride camels there? The fuck? I'm like, are there even camels in Brazil? Probably not. Probably not. No. I was like, no, they drive cars. Like, what? That's you up. uncultured swine. You uncultured. <laughs> well, it's just exoticized. Like, have, I feel sometimes yeah. I I think I'm. It depends on what I'm wearing and what time of year and how my hair looks. But I think I'm a little racially ambiguous sometimes, and I feel sometimes not only just me, but like Brazilian culture is very exoticized. Yeah, and like we buy into it a little bit, like Brazilian big butts, like all this stuff that's just like funny. Yeah, but it's not like anything like negative necessarily. No, and people are like, ooh, you're Brazilian. I'm like, yes, I am. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to embrace that. Yeah. But it's just like sometimes it does feel like a little exoticized and like people are, they, they don't care to learn really. They it's just like a fetish almost. Yeah. It's super weird. But yeah, people. Yeah. It's, in, it's interesting. But I get what you're saying. Like I definitely... Like, even, at, like, around Bellingham or wherever, like, if I'm out and about and, like, I can, like, hear someone speaking Portuguese. Yep. Like, I, I can, like, spot it in a crowd. Yeah. And to most people, it's, like, everyone's like, hey, aren't are Spanish and Portuguese, like, basically the same? I'm like, Mm-mm. I mean, not re- – I mean, they're both, like, la- like Latin Latin-based, languages. Yeah. But, like, they're pretty different. But I can definitely, like, whenever I hear it, I, like – if I'm – I remember this one time we were sitting in a restaurant and there was someone at a – a booth next to us and I heard them speaking Portuguese and they weren't like talking loud or anything yeah. but like I can pick it out yeah. you know and so I just like sat there and was just like listening and even though I don't like fully understand all like of Portuguese or whatever I was like oh this is so cool yeah. like it's always like so anyway I get what you mean yeah well it's just the sounds well like- and you even like because both of your parents are Brazilian mm-hmm. I only have one but my dad lived in Brazil for a really long mm-hmm. time and he speaks perfect Portuguese and yeah. stuff too so he I know like, I heard him and I was like oh yeah so the bang. he really like embraces the culture even though he's like pu- the purest white <laughs> there is but he's <laughs> Brasileiro de coração <laughs> but que lindo. anyway so yeah so I don't I think we like just met through like a mutual friend yeah. probably something to do with church well, and we knows. lived together well <laughs> I well because that's I remember like we like met and like kind of became friends but like you were going to school and I was yeah I was I, at Western yeah you were in college and playing rugby and stuff yeah and I was work I was already in my career you were like, yeah I started my career really young and so I was kind of in like a phase of my life where like I felt like I didn't really fit in with like college kids but I was the same age or even younger yeah. than some you're, you're younger than me yeah yeah but like I didn't really like fit in I was I, I was under 21 when we met so it was like I couldn't really hang yeah. out with like my older friends and like go out to the bars or anything so I was just like in this weird in-between phase where I was like an adult but not really anyway I had a really hard time like figuring out like where I fit and so um we like met and like knew each other I don't even know if we like really hung out that much or if it was know. just in groups or what but um 
I I think my lease was up. I was living in a studio apartment by myself and I think my lease was ending or mm-hmm. something. And I had maybe seen on Facebook that like you guys were like looking for another roommate or I don't know. Maybe. Or Who maybe knows? you reached out to me. I don't remember exactly what I it was, have. but I, I was, actually might have. I was I remember I was looking for a place and we got to talking and you're like, well, it's a pretty full house, but there's like an unfinished basement yeah. that if you wanted to move in and like live down there like you could and mm-hmm. it would be like super cheap. And I was like, great. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So we lived together for like. It, it wasn't a it, full year. No, it ended up only being a few months because. Oh, my God. It was a really old house. The landlord was a nightmare. How many of us were there? Six of us. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. So I was in like the unfinished, like creepy basement Mm -hmm. by myself, but I had the best room because it was massive. It was. And I had the most space, but it was like a creepy basement. An unfinished basement at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There were like spiders everywhere. I was like, ew. You made it cute though. I remember going Mm -hmm. down there. You like made it work. I was pretty impressed. You know, I'm uh, innovative. What can I say? Mm. Um, (laughs) Resourceful. Um. But yeah, it was, and then we only had, it was a house full of girls Mm -hmm. and we had one shower. Yup. Two bathrooms, one shower. Oh my God. That house was a fucking nightmare. It was the worst. It was a nightmare. It was my only option though. Like I had just left um, Burnham Wood, if you know what that is, like that's off campus apartments. And there was basically like the only connection I had. I didn't have that many friends. I didn't have that many girlfriends up there. So that was my only option. And so I was like, I got the tiniest room. It was like the sauna room. It's like all the paneling was wood and like the air didn't work. The entire thing was wood. I was in it felt like a sauna like all all year but um yeah that landlord nightmare is an understatement like yeah he was awful literally the worst he was literally like i know i can shove a bunch of people in this house mm-hmm. and charge triple the amount of rent what mm-hmm. it's worth because i know there's going to be a bunch of college students living worst. here and divvying up the rent i think i paid 290 dollars a month for rent yeah i paid maybe 330 <sighs> like i think about that now i'm like 330 that's, <laughs> that's oh my like, god for one week that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah well no and the place was such a shit show like so this is a little insight onto the in this uh into this landlord so our i don't remember if it was our washer or dryer but one of them broke and he we were like hello we need a new one and so not only did we i don't know if this was before or after you left I don't know. Who cares? And so we we had to do our laundry at the laundromat, which like, oh, poor us. Like it, it must have been after because I remember there being working like laundry when I okay. lived there. Well, I had to. He brought a new. Let's say it was a dryer. I don't or maybe a washer. Who fucking cares? One of them. And it was a used one, which is like, OK, whatever. But he brought it in his truck. This this dude. And do you think one man can can carry a washer? No, you need someone else. And so did he bring someone else? Fuck no. So of all of the women in this house, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm the only athletic person here. I guess I'll do it. So me being a tenant who pays him rent every month fucking helped him take this washer out of his truck into the house and down the fucking basement stairs. Why I did that? Well, I wanted a fucking washer and that was the only way we were going to get it. But like this man was the worst, the fucking worst. And you had to move out because. So the, uh, oh. so I moved in in the summertime. I think it was like July or August. And I ended up only living there for like, I think it was like three months, maybe wow. four. So what had happened was 
um it was like the first like really heavy rain of like the season mm-hmm. like after summer was over and i woke up and my the entire basement was like my room like everything was flooded everything was soaking wet and it was this whole thing like there was like i like i don't remember all the details cuz it was so long ago but like I think I like tried to like clean everything up and like stay a little bit like like I noticed like mold growing everywhere yeah, and like bad. there was a weird smell and he was like kept saying he was going to fix it and then he was like oh well I patched it up I'm like you patched it up like you need like there was like a whole thing he was going to have to do to be able to fix it so that it wouldn't flood yeah. and he basically refused to do it so I like rallied everyone together mm-hmm. and was like let's find a new house like we can all move together oh my da, god da, da, da. i forgot about and that and we even like went and looked at <gasps> a couple different places but it just like wasn't gonna work for everyone and so i ended up just like was like okay well i can't stay here no. so i just was the one that left and that was like i moved back in here with my parents mm-hmm. for only a few months like probably uh, like another three or four months and then I found a place but it was so stressful I'm like this guy's such an asshole like I literally got flooded out and he was like well sorry not gonna fix it don't let anyone else live down there I guess someone else lived down there I'm sure yeah I'm sure they did she was the worst I will not name names actually kind of forgot her name but she was the literal worst that house definitely like I loved you and like I think you're the only person I've actually kept in contact uh Michelle like via like yeah social media a little bit but like she's on the east coast oh shit she's (laughs) on the east coast now right yeah she's in North Carolina with her with her doctor husband oh good for her yeah Um, I talk to her all the time we actually talked about you she was like do you listen to Lila's podcast and I was like yes I do she's like I just, I'm so proud of her. Go, go her. And I was like, cute. Yeah. I, she's still one of my favorite humans. Anyway, she, I don't even remember the names of the other people that lived in that house. There was. Except one. Olivia. Olivia. Should we have said that? (laughs) She doesn't listen to this. No, they don't listen to this. I mean, all those girls were great. They just weren't. I just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They weren't ever really around. Um, but I just remember like. That was that house was like I went from living completely by myself in a studio mm-hmm. apartment Ugh. into a shitty house with a bunch of other people. So you don't really and I was know. just like like one extreme to like the other extreme. Yeah. And it wasn't like the people I didn't like hate anyone, mm-hmm. but just like that amount of people in that small of a space. Like we had yeah. two refrigerators, one of which like ha- worked yeah. half the time God. and like no dishwasher and like. A couple of the girls that we lived with were fucking slobs. I'm sorry. But, like, there would be, Maybe like... Maybe that was me. No, it definitely <laughs> okay. was not you. And, like, I remember, like, I I was making, like, pretty decent money when I lived there because I didn't have any responsibilities. More than any of us. And so I would literally eat out every single meal because I just wow. didn't want to put up with trying to figure out where to put my groceries because yeah. there was so much going... It was... That's fair. Very stressful. That's fair. I know. And you're introverted. So yeah. it was a, it was probably a lot for you. Mm-hmm. I'm an, I'm an outrovert. Extrovert. <laughs> the fuck is an outrovert? An outrovert. <laughs> She's coining new terms here. Aren't you a teacher? Let's go. Back. I don't teach English. Okay. So... That's fair. <laughs> no tengo la culpa. <laughs> <laughs> an outrovert extrovert i know the word i'm just under a lot of pressure you're fine I know, okay anyway so that's how we know each other 
a 30 minute description of um how we know each other and what we're bothered by you're welcome um so welcome but yeah so it's been i mean the last time we saw each other in person was probably i mean i don't know it's like six years ago or so yeah when i lived up here yeah yeah so 2014 2013 because i wasn't oh no 2014 yeah i don't know years blend yeah it's so crazy but i mean <clears throat> with social media these days it's like kind of easy to feel like you still like yeah see, see people even totally. though like you don't in real life no i but, said that when i like got here it was like almost a trip to see you in person because i like i don't feel far away from you in a sense because like we still talk pr- like fairly regularly yeah. i think on instagram yeah you know enough that we're not like weirded out by strangers, each other or strangers yeah. but i think yeah it was it was a trip to see you in person because i was like oh my gosh like it, i just it was like the amount of time that had passed kind of like washed over me and yeah. i was like what is time how am i like 30 in like my sixth or seventh year teaching i don't even know six probably like what is time i know i lived with natalie when i got Knox when he was a puppy yes i remember oh my gosh i remember that i remember that you were so excited did you listen to last week's episode yet no i haven't god i basically just uh, spoiler alert i basically just cry through the whole thing talking about Mm. my dog that i had to rehome but anyway i got him as a puppy and when i got him i was living in that house with you and all the other girls yeah that dog barked all the time and thank god he was cute because holy shit but it was what i remember is that you got him on craigslist right yeah yeah Uh and you showed us pictures and you're like look and we're all like look at his paws oh it's gonna be a big dog like everybody thought everyone was was all nervous (laughs) everyone thought Knox was gonna grow into this big dog and all of a sudden like his body grew but his legs yeah oh bless that dog this little corgi body yeah yeah oh good times anyway. i was gonna say rip but he's alive you can't, yeah he's still alive he's just not with us anymore yeah. but anyway living living be- best life <sighs> so let's talk teacher things let's talk if you haven't figured out figured it out yet i am a teacher uh i teach high school um it's what i went to school for i know that some people kind of like find their way into teaching and i kind of did like before i graduated but yeah i went to western like you heard i did my undergrad and my graduate my, my master's there um and it was really awesome just to be able to do that all in a year and what's funny is that i actually went to school to be an english teacher always oh. loved i know it's kind of weird i always loved english class i always uh so i loved English and Spanish in high school because those were like the classes I was good at. Terrible. I was a terrible student and there's a lot of layers to that. But um, I loved English and Spanish and I Spanish was easy for me because um, I knew Portuguese and they are so connected that it just felt natural while learning it. Yeah. And um, it was easy. Fun fact, never got anything higher than an, than a B in Spanish because I like didn't really try. But I always thought Spanish was something I was going to have in my pocket. But I was like, no, I'm going to be an English teacher. I love books. I love talking about it. I love like connecting it to society. Like I t- was on that. And um, I when I, I did my student teaching actually in Australia. And when people find that out, they're like, people take spanish in australia no not a goddamn person takes spanish in australia (laughs) they actually take like italian or chinese you know countries that are close um and so i did like my student teaching there and then i came back here actually even before i came back to the states my friend was like hey there's a long-term substitute position for a spanish teacher at my school um because she's pregnant they all you need is a bachelor's and the ability to speak spanish can you do it and i was like (laughs) 
Yeah. And I thought that was just going to be my short term. So mind you, I spent the last mm, two, three years learning to be a teacher, but learning to be a teacher of English while like still taking Spanish classes and, you know, <laughs> and I had gone to, I had gone to Spain, um, between my undergrad and my graduate, um, year and that like really grew my language even beyond the classroom but I had never taught it I'd tutored it but I'd never taught it in a classroom and so that was a shit show I apologized to all those students but after that I like couldn't get hired as a English teacher because like anybody can teach English sorry anybody literally and English teachers will tell you that like there are good and bad English teachers but literally anybody if you have a teaching degree like you can you can teach it not everybody can teach a language obviously and so I could only find open Spanish positions and I wasn't endorsed in Spanish I didn't have the certificate for those of you who don't know the vernacular I wasn't endorsed in it but I found a district that was willing to hire me because there was a shortage and um like that was in Bellevue and this is now my I just finished my fifth year in Bellevue sixth year I think sixth mm-hmm. um teaching Spanish I've never taught an English class like a fish I've never been paid to teach an English class that's so so funny. I learned yeah I learned how to do it by doing it I mean I had all of those like tools that you have as a teacher like this is how you like write a lesson plan this is how you deal with you know classroom management all these like technical things I guess but yeah I learned on the job and I like pulled from my own experiences as a student in high school like what I hated and what I yeah. see like benefit students the best so yeah the my spanish teacher that i had in high school they're actually our next door neighbors oh funny yeah they're great people um but the so uh mr dotson i i it's i can never call teachers by like their names like even after school like Mm -hmm. if you run into them they're always like mr or mrs or miss or whatever right um even though he's my neighbor and like they're basically like lennox's like second pair of grandparents or third technically whatever anyway um his style of teaching was like on the first day of school was the only day he ever spoke English yeah to like explain how the class would work yeah and other than that he only spoke Spanish in the class yes that is how it's done I'm sorry like that is how it's done I I know your face (laughs) I failed the class no like kudos (laughs) to him like kudos to him because that's so hard like it's so my district is like that so my okay the school that I went to in high school wasn't like that and um like my Spanish teacher I had the same freaking Spanish teacher years one through three she's not very gonna listen to this fucking worst oh my god I hated that class she was not a good teacher um and she barely spoke Spanish and so when you teach a language class but you don't speak the language you don't engage like in just like everyday things with students you're not you're teaching about a language you're not teaching a language yeah and so like the goal of like our district um is well it's an immersion program essentially yeah so the goal is to speak 90 percent of the target language so yeah it doesn't matter if it's year one through year ap whatever like we're speaking the target language with our students the whole time yeah that's what he did it was it was like freshman or spanish one or whatever they call it It was like the like basics but i always did really really well on like the oral exams or whatever which sounds so dirty but like what's an oral yeah this yeah this the <laughs> sorry the ones that you don't have to write Examen oral. um but anyway i always did really well on those ones because like 
Spanish is like actually not that hard of a language to learn. Like it's pretty like self-explanatory. Like, mm. like we're Portuguese, like there's like some weird shit with their alphabet and like pronunciations and whatever. But like with Spanish, I feel like if you like, for the most part, like if you read, like you can read it and like kind of like figure it out. Yeah. If you have like any semblance of like an understanding of language. Well, of English, because there's so many cognates. Yeah. And the sounds are very similar. Do you know what a cognate is? A cognate. No. Sorry. <laughs> A cognate is a word that sounds the same in two languages. So if I say the oh, word, okay. so if I say the word classe, it sounds like the word class. Class. So that's a that's an example of a cognate. Like explicar is a cognate. It's a verb to explain. Yeah. Right? So there are all these cognates that you use, and and it's it because it's close to to English. It's a lot easier to understand. So it's actually really interesting because people think that. Um, language like there are easy and hard languages and <laughs> i'm like oh god i'm already, okay, I'm already okay, getting called out you, what's okay 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 <laughs> so parts of you i agree with so because i know portuguese as well i understand there are sounds in portuguese i think your dad talked about this like in a previous episode probably yeah there are sounds because my dad also obviously knows portuguese but also spanish because his dad originally like argentina never mind doesn't matter <laughs> that's where my dad learned how to speak spanish was yeah in argentina yeah my dad's spanish Argent- argentinian spanish because his dad uh is originally from syria so my my dad's side is from syria like back and back but he moved to argentina and then was um met my grandma who was brazilian and then had my dad and all my uncles and aunt my aunt's name is layla by the way what yeah <laughs> you never told me this i yeah is it spelled the same way I actually don't know. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. She, I think she lives in Florida. I only met her when I was little, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But it's interesting to, yeah, because I don't know any other Layla's, but. Um, I don't either. Yeah. But she, uh, so my dad speaks Spanish and Portuguese. But anyway, um, the sounds in Portuguese are so different. Like every sound that exists in Portuguese exists in Spanish. So that's why Portuguese speakers can understand Spanish speakers. Um, but Spanish speakers can't understand Portuguese speakers for the most part because those sounds don't exist in Spanish. Yeah. And so it, you're right. Like you speak with like an open mouth as a as a Brazil. I have to say Brazilian Portuguese. Yeah. And it's there's just so many sounds that don't exist. It's weird. Yeah. So anyway, I always did really well <laughs> on like whenever we had to like read a, a like part of like the test was like, OK, read this section of yeah. this textbook and, you know, the test was you had to pronounce all the words correctly yeah. and whatever, right? I always did really well on those yeah. tests. I just had no idea what I was saying. But like all the written ones, like I, yeah. It's I think, hard. I think I passed with like the lowest possible <laughs> passing like letter grade, like a D plus or something. So You did it. Sorry, Mr. Dotson. Love you as a neighbor. Hate you as a Spanish teacher. Oh, just kidding. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. No. I take it back. No, no, no. I just, I was just saying like terrible student, hated school. Like I took Spanish thinking like, oh, this will be easy for me. It, no, it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, if. But I could read it. I just had no, I, I had no understanding of like what I was reading. Yeah. It's a. It's I a sounded good layer. though. Good job. Proud of you. <laughs> Proud of you. Oh, fake well, it till you make it. Am I right? <laughs> And that's like the big thing about language learning is that the only prerequisite requisite prerequisite. Wow, I'm the one drinking here and you're not. I know, I'm not. <laughs> get it together. Oh gosh. Um I get tongue tied. 
um, the only prerequisite is that you need to be interested because as soon as you have that interest in language learning the rest kind of comes with it you know because I I see that with my students all the time in at least for our high school I think in the state two years of world language are required so whether kids want to or not they have to pick a language and a lot of them pick Spanish because it's quote-unquote easy it's the easy language when in reality it's it's perceived that way because like people are familiarized with a lot of like spanish like everybody knows what hola or como estas is yeah you know um, it's a lot of spanish speaking people yeah on the west coast yeah but i think it but if you're because we have a we have a a large asian population at our school and those kids like so for example if a kid already speaks mandarin what's going to be easy for easier for them is japanese because even though it's a different character like a character alphabet um there's the relation is different or the same does that make sense so like english makes sense to me hopefully the (laughs) listeners are following along here yeah so (laughs) it's just like yeah that's what i wanted to yeah Sometimes I take the train some down a track. That's and, just the story of my life. I don't know where life. my stop is. Oh, so it's fine. This is so, you're getting an insight of me as a teacher. Do by you the way. do you teach like? I'm trying to figure out how to word this question. So, do you have like students in your classes that are like from all grade levels? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because so, it's an elective, right? It is like a required elective kind it of thing. Is, yeah, okay. and so kids are on different like paths or whatever but at our middle school they actually offer spanish one two and then one a and one b it sounds silly but i have a lot of kids as freshmen who start as uh start in level three and those kids it's interesting so those kids are actually some of my best kids not because they started early a lot of people are like oh yeah little kids smaller kids their their brains are like sponges and that's actually a misconception it's like what is special what is um, helpful to kids who are younger that engage in language is that in that innocence the level of like curiosity is still there that love for learning is there kids are doing it because they want to yeah you know and so when you take yeah when you take that away and you make it a requirement so kids who are like no I don't want to take Spanish until freshman year those kids are kind of forced into it they may like be kind of interested but they they're not choosing that they're they're forced into it and so you take away that that desire to learn and Mm. you take away so much space for kids to absorb well and I think that that probably makes sense for anything else too right like I mean I know for myself like I am much more likely to put more effort into something that I actually enjoy or that I'm interested in even if it's difficult if I like it you know so like I mean which makes sense but I guess I just never really thought Mm -hmm. about it like that like with Lennox like he my mom only speaks Portuguese with him and like he kind of like mixes them together because he's two and he doesn't know any better but like he but like he just he he loves like you said, like he likes learning things. Mm-hmm. He's curious about everything. He's super outgoing. He's like yeah. very like he loves attention and getting <laughs> praised. And so when he says, you know, when you tell a toddler to say a word or count or yeah. whatever and they do it and you get all excited and like, oh, yay, like good for you. Then they're like, oh, cool. Like I'll keep doing that. Yeah. And that so. kind of gets lost on on a lot of high schoolers because like as soon as you shift into that older 
grade, kids kind of feel a lot more pressure to do things right rather than to like enjoy the process because, and I see this a lot. It's so sad. Kids, especially at my school, it's a, it's, it's pretty academically rigorous, I think. And there's a lot of pressure and competition between students, um, to get good grades and kids walk in, they're like, I need, I need all A's no matter what. And so they like want to get it right. They don't want to enjoy the, they don't want to embrace the process, embrace the journey because like they want that kind of instant gratification. And it's really sad because without that learning process, without that growth, there's no, like what you learn or I guess memorize is it's not sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, I know for myself because I like both of my parents speak Spanish and Portuguese and like they never like did that they never spoke with us when we were growing up like Mm -hmm. after a certain point I think when I was when we moved to the states when I was like three Mm -hmm. they just only spoke English with us and I've tried like Rosetta Stone Mm -hmm. I took Spanish in high school I've tried like Mm -hmm. the apps you know whatever but it takes all of the fun out of it for me kind Mm -hmm. of and so I definitely like now that I hear it at home all the time because Mm -hmm. my mom speaks with Lennox and I'm around like I have learned so much more in the last like year especially that like Lennox is talking back and it's not just a one-way conversation um then I've learned my entire life yeah so there's definitely something to be said about like hearing it and like being Mm -hmm. in conversation and like being in like immersed in it yeah totally and like having it be like a fun thing like I get to like like I think it's so cool that Lennox is already bilingual and he's two years old and like I want to be part of it too you know so well and it's kind of like a motivator for you there's something in the teacher world we talk about it's intrinsic versus extra extrinsic motivation <laughs> i'm really good at this y'all um intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation and it's basically intrinsic is like anything that kind of benefits you on the inside so like i want to be a better person so i'm going to do this like i want to grow like my language like levels or whatever I want to be better at this and that's an intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation is you want a thing at the end so the easiest example is a grade so in school most kids are extrinsically motivated because they want a grade um, or they want like you know money for their whatever but you are kind of seeing that intrinsic motivation of like oh my gosh I want to be able to participate in these conversations with my mom and now my son because Lennox is going to get older and like if your mom keeps speaking to him in Portuguese she keeps threatening me she's like we're gonna be able to talk to each other and you're not gonna know and I'm like I'm like yes I will know because I can understand a lot more than I can speak bitch that's how (laughs) dude no I get that I've had to work to like get my Portuguese back like I said there's not a lot of Brazilians and I don't live near my parents and so and my sister doesn't speak any Portuguese she's almost four years younger than me and because she was so young when my parents divorced she like kind of understands it but she's kind of like you actually her level um and so um like you being able to be a part of that and and like be in those conversations like I know you can do it like I I'm like I'm genuinely confident not always like add me on Duolingo and let's do Portuguese together I'm like why so I can embarrass myself I'm good no thank you (laughs) no there actually there is okay this is like the nerdy side of me coming out there's a book 
called it's called fluent forever it's um written by a guy named gabriel weiner i'm sorry i've never read his name out loud um but it's it's pretty cool it's fluent forever how to learn any language fast and never forget it and i know and that's actually a misleading title because i know that we always want like things fast like how do i learn this language in like a week i'm going to france like how do i learn french you know and it's it's not really about that it's really investing in the learning process and like yes there are more efficient ways to do it but i think like that I, I mean i'm not going to give you like a book review but i think that he gives a lot of like really good examples of like basic things that you should do when you're in the process of learning like don't translate like don't rely on english that sounds yeah. so counterintuitive but don't rely on english because if you're sitting there it's trying so to go true, word though. for word because p- my students ask me they're like do you translate everything word for word like do you th- do you think in english and then say it in spanish i'm like no i think in spanish like when you and that took a while yeah. you know but once you hit that and you're not worried about your english vocabulary you're only worried about whatever language that is let's say spanish vocabulary you aren't thinking you're not taking time like my students do like okay i want to say i went to the park so eared fui you know like they're not sitting there there's yo fui al parque like that's that's it and you don't actually need to translate and so there's there's actually really good tips in here and like if you're really serious about learning a language dude seriously (laughs) it's i have so many books right now i have a stack (laughs) of books on white supremacy sorry this is probably written by a white guy racial injustice that i need to read right now but i could add it to my list yeah why don't you add it next year no that's totally fine i mean it's not really i haven't i'm sorry that's not something to joke about i'm actually serious about that no i know that's important no dude i i already i mean i'm an educator and i am an anti-racist educator and i'm one of few and i okay so i don't identify as white I actually identify as I'm kind of a mix. So I just say Latina and it kind of covers a lot of things. It's confusing. But anyway, I am one of few people of color, black, indigenous people of color in my um, building. And so like I take it really seriously in terms of like being an anti-racist teacher and really taking it beyond like putting a Black Lives Matter sign on my door because like that's on my door you know I'm not trying to hide like solidarity pride flag trans flag all that stuff but I really try to make that like a focal point in my classroom yeah so I support you in that because it's so it's so important to educate especially as a parent you yeah. know oh, totally. raising, a, raising a child in a predominantly white area you know, so and you get it. I mean, a predominantly I don't have extra white area, extra white racist <laughs> area. Sorry, am I allowed to say that? Even? You can say whatever you want. OK, I think there are hella racist people in Linda. A hundred percent. There is no there's no doubt in my mind. And I don't want to I don't say, think any of them listen to my podcast. Nah. Maybe a couple. Well, but. I'm calling you out. You're fucking racist. Also, <laughs> also, I don't want to say like I, I, I want people to know that you don't have to live in a rural area for people to, need to be racist. Like I live. Oh, in, no, no. You can not. be anywhere in the goddamn world and people can be racist. And here's the thing about racism. It's not about sorry, tangent. Not sorry. It's not about it's not about using the N word. It's not about like, 
you know, being a secret member of the KKK. It's not about all of these like obvious things that we know are racist. It's a pyramid like at the bottom of that. Those things at the top couldn't exist if people didn't tell like racist jokes, if people didn't say I don't see color, if people didn't like uphold the model minority, if people didn't like participate in culture, if people didn't culturally appropriate people's cult like it, it's just it's a pyramid and so yeah. you, you it's so it's so much more complicated than just someone saying the n-word or yeah. whatever you know it's like i'm not racist denial is like the fire of racism like i'm listening to ibram kendi's um how to be an anti-racist right now i have the book i just haven't opened it yet it's heavy i was listening on the way up we we're on well i was listening with jesus my boyfriend and um yeah it's it's heavy and he like he brings a lot of terms to light and like i've been like in this kind of i guess educational education anti-racist um equity work for a really long time and like this guy like just this just on the way up here he was talking about behavioral racism and i like out loud i was just like wow wow like there's so there's so much as non-black people like there's so much we don't know about like the levels of racism and it's just like a constant um it's a it's a process it's a learning process yeah. and there, you don't arrive at anti-racist you keep going and so i think like especially teachers like teachers have like so many of my um of my black friends have say like the, some of the most racist people they have known were teachers and i think that teachers like love teachers hi i am one i support them but teachers need to be like checking each other and if you're a white teacher i'm sorry but you have a huge responsibility to check yourself every single day and educate yourself in anti-racist work and making sure that your classroom is equitable as fuck yeah amen sis <laughs> just sorry i've like well, i'm just that's, losing I mean, that's patience the thing that's like i mean and i feel like i i talked about this a little bit on my on the last episode just by myself and like I've been talking about it on Instagram and yeah. whatever else. But like for me, it's like I we moved here when I was 13. So mm -hmm. I went to school in Linden from seventh grade until I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. And before that, I was in Bellingham. But like, you know, before middle school, like I don't really remember yeah, a whole lot. A fog. So but I'm 28 years old and like I'm just now like the light bulb is just now kind of going mm -hmm. off which is embarrassing but also like I can admit the fact that like I have probably been excuse me I've most definitely been a person who has you know used like microaggressions mm -hmm. and like never thought anything about it until it was like until I opened my fucking eyes and like mm -hmm. was like oh hold on a minute like I don't know like I don't know like uh, why or how or what but like it I've like you know like when you like go through something or see something that just like can't be unseen yeah like that's where I'm at right yeah. now and I'm like good how did I not know this before but like I you know was my parents aren't you know my parents aren't bad people no. the people who I grew up around like they're not bad people but it's like if my parents aren't teaching me these things yeah. and my teachers aren't teaching me these things and I'm a white, a white passing person, yeah. I mean, I'm half white. I don't know. I don't really, I kind of have a little bit of like an identity crisis when it comes to like my ethnicity or yeah. whatever, but I guess I, you, you could call me a white person. Like yeah. I look, I, you know, whatever. Anyway. Um, so like 
I, I, you know, none of, you know, if none of my teachers or my parents or anyone else is like bringing this to light and I live in an area where yeah. literally in high school, I could count on one hand the amount of <clears throat> black kids I went to school mm-hmm. with. It's like who had white parents. Mm-hmm. And so it's oh, like, really? Oh, they were adopted. Adopted. Yeah. That's isn't that crazy. Interesting. And that's a whole other that's level. A, I know. So anyway, so like, it's like, it makes sense on one hand, but on another hand, I'm like. I'm 28. Like, I don't really have an excuse mm-hmm. for, yeah. like, not knowing these things mm-hmm. or, like, paying more attention. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's a, it's a privilege that you don't have to think about totally. it. Because, like, if it's something you can turn off, like, if race is something you've never considered or, ta- or like, thought about, you are privileged. Well, I think, I think people, like, speaking for myself or, like, others who can relate, it's, like, it's such a when you don't know enough about like racism the word like you automatically equate that to like someone who's a terrible person Mm -hmm. and so like if you consider yourself a good person or a kind person or whatever like if someone says oh well like this is like racist or you're saying something Mm -hmm. or doing something that's racist like you know your first gut your knee-jerk reaction is to get defensive right Mm -hmm. and so that has been something that I've like, that's kind of the thing that has like, like flipped a switch for me in the last like few weeks. And it's like literally the only, like we're obviously talking about it right now. Like it's the, like the only thing I can think about. Yeah. And like, I have a re- like, even like at work and stuff, I have a really hard time like not bringing it up to people mm-hmm. because I just have like this entire lifetime yeah. of like, not so like no. a wave of yeah all this information has come at you yeah it's well, it's overwhelming it's kind of it's it's interesting it's not interesting it's it's built th- okay but at the same time too like i'm like outraged yeah and so whenever like i hear other people who are in opposition to like what i'm thinking or learning yeah I want to correct them, but I'm also kind of like a newborn baby in yeah. this whole like anti-racism yeah. subject and movement or whatever you want to call it. And so like I, I, it's good to call things out, but I'm mm-hmm. like, I have so much learning to do myself that yeah. it's not going to be effective for me to be calling people out or, or like necessarily like trying to like argue or debate them on, you know, their opposing opinions when I don't really like, I don't know enough to like make an educated or like a um, an effective like counter like argument or point I or guess. something. Do you know what I, I mean? mean? Like, yeah, like I guess it really depends. I still on your try, situation. but like, okay, let me give you an example. Yeah. Give me an. Example. I'm not gonna say his name. I don't think he would ever listen to my podcast. But a good friend of mine, the other night we were out for drinks. A couple of us. Don't worry, we're in phase two up here. Yeah, phase two here. It's it's legal. Five people at a table. Anyway, so we got on this subject. This was just a few days ago. And he started talking about something. And I was like, I, I actually didn't think he was serious. I was like, wait, are you being serious right yeah. now? Because I think, I think the statement he made was th- that we don't know for sure that the murder of George Floyd had anything to do with race. <laughs> And that's what so, white America wants you to think. So he said that. And I, that's, I was like, what? I, I literally was like, wait, are you being... I thought he was... I totally 100% thought he was being sarcastic. Because it's so ridiculous for him to say that. So I was like, wait, are you being serious? He's like, yeah, I'm 100% being serious. And I was... So then that's where the conversation started. Yeah. And it went into... And I, I will say, like, I understand that, like, I, I have... 
I have a little bit more grace in myself, I think, for people like that because I was that person mm-hmm. like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whatever it was. Yeah. And so like I kind of like I don't agree with that, but I also like know that like not everyone is on the same level when it comes mm-hmm. to this subject. Anyway, so so he a couple of things that he said that I was like, I was like, I don't. I don't know how to respond to this, yeah. but I know that it's wrong yeah. or at least I think it's wrong. You know, like <sighs> sometimes that's all you need to say. And like s- it's just being transparent and I'm not telling you, I'm not trying to equip you with like words to say yeah. when people say like racist things, you know, but yeah. it's really about like, well, he was like trying to tell me that like, he doesn't think that like, I said something about like, you know, if only like white people, like all white people could at least acknowledge their privilege. And he was like, well, white privilege is situational. And I was like, what are you even? And, you know, it, it, it was it was a lot. And well, if you can't even accept that white privilege exists, that it's a thing, then it's really hard. Well, to he move was forward he was saying that. he was saying that he agrees that we have privileges as white as white people that black people don't have, but it's only situational and then started saying like, Oh, well there's lo- like school scholarships out there that only black people can apply for. And that's racist. And I'm like, okay. And I, I, at that point, like there were certain things that kept being said that I was just like, obviously like I'm that doesn't really matter what I'm yeah. going to say. And like, I value your friendship and I don't want to hate you. So like, let's just like try to figure out how to come to a common ground. Like, do you agree that racism exists and that it should be snuffed out? Yeah. Great. Me too. Okay. So like, let's do you agree that yeah. like police brutality is like a bad thing? And like, there is like serious need for like, at the very least reform or whatever, Defe- like defund the police. Yes. I'll say it. Like, Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> I, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying I disagree, but it's, it's just, just getting into all of, it's just such a, there's so many things that yeah. like intertwine and it's not, it's not, it is simple, but it's not simple at yeah. the same time. Here's the, pr- there's here's a lot the of working parts, but anyway, it was just, it was just, I found myself getting really frustrated because I was trying really hard to just stay level-headed and not like explode and yeah, like react emotionally fair. um but also like wanting to like adequately like say or explain what i think is right or yeah. what my own opinion is but i'm still i I still have a lot to learn myself and i even told him that i was like listen i'm not going to pretend that i know everything mm-hmm. i certainly don't um, but like when someone is sitting there like very convinced that like racism, you know, like or violence against black people or whatever it is, is a narrative that people are trying to get us to believe to divide the nation. I'm just like, I don't what like try to tell me that like black people were not like stolen off of their own like land in Africa. He's like they came from Europe. I'm like, what the fuck are you even talking about? The I think I think here's the problem is that <laughs> no, 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 not about you. This goes so far back like as a country like this country was founded by white men for white men and every institution that this country has created is was created to benefit white men and white people and so in i'm a teacher right i see this in education our ed our the institution of education was built to benefit and support and um grow white folks and so (laughs) when you have a system that's set up 
to benefit one race and oppress every other things <laughs> are it, it's it creates not only in it creates an unequal environment right and then once you get into modern day when you have you know kind of you know not segregated schools integrated that's the word integrated schools there's still gaps right there's still inequities that exist because well i'm not going to get into that but we've been the education system just if you get to like history books and what's taught in class and i'm not just talking social studies every any anything from spanish class to science class to language arts any class they're you're not talking about race like it's so conditioned in white america that race is a taboo topic like we don't talk about that so not talking about it only allows for racism to grow for because there's a quite quote by ellie Wiesel who wrote night um it's about concert, concentration camps his experience there um i think the quote is um i'm gonna butcher it but basically silence only takes the side like Silence only benefits the oppressor. And so when we don't talk about things, um, we're not actually help. We're hurting. Um, yeah. And so in schools, when kids aren't real, when there's no open narrative, if kids aren't talking about race, you know, in every classroom, if we're not actually exposing the the generational trauma that indigenous and black folks have experienced in this country, we're we're actually supporting white supremacy and we are not aiding in creating a more equitable we're not creating an equitable environment in our classroom we're not supporting these these people i wish you had been sitting there with me when (sighs) we were having this conversation because i was like i think it was a combination of just like being in shock that like finding out that like this friend that i've had for years and years like felt this way or had these opinions and a com like that in combination with like me being like so just outraged at the fact that like people just like don't like refuse to like even try to understand yeah Um, Well, they grew up not understanding, like nobody taught them otherwise. And so and this is my issue is that a lot of white folks will use like very specific black folks. I'm talking about fucking Candace Owens, who uh, this woman, she is a martyr for black folks. Like she is the she is the black woman that people like put. They don't want to say I'm not i like they don't want to say i'm racist so instead they'll bring they'll bring in a they're tokenizing her she is like willingly tokenizing herself yeah and and she's just one example into saying oh well this is what i believe here have a black voice and it's just and people are trying so hard to just like this is what i always was taught especially when you aren't told about anything if you have a white narrative in a classroom your whole life and in like how are you going to know any different you it's about educating yourself and as a white person you need to take responsibility to educate yourself and like whenever you learn that that you need to start doing that awesome like I don't want like I know that you might feel like heavy in like in the sense of like fuck I lived so much of my life not yeah learning and and really diving into this and you feel like you have so much catching up to do like that's okay like yeah totally. that's okay and it's just like I-, I want people to understand that like this world that you live in no matter what color you are like the world you live in has so many other layers and if you are a white person you really need to reevaluate what the world is like for other people because the, bu- the world was built for you yeah well and and also like a thing that I think about too like just from my own experience is that like just 
my personality kind of tends to be like one of like a peacemaker and also of like let's just like all like be like cool and like laid back two two actually um but like um but very like like I mean, I've never really gotten involved in politics. Anytime anyone brings politics mm-hmm. up, I'm like, eh, I'd rather just like opt out. Like, I don't ever watch the news because I'm just like, eh, it's just like too much shit going yeah. on. And like, I don't know who to believe. So like, I just like ignore it altogether. Anytime something big goes on in the world, I find out about it from other people who talk about it on Facebook. And I'm just like, I'm just going to stay out of it. Mm-hmm. But like, and that's just kind of how I've always been. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that is a good reason to like, you know it's a privilege that you've had is to remove yourself and that's but you what like i said once you see it you can't unsee you it you can't unsee yeah, it yeah exactly and there's I, I think there's a lot of people who are on the verge of of looking through that window but they kind of in the back of their head know that once they do that nothing is ever going to be the same whether that's like subconscious or conscious yeah that they just say oh well I have a black friend so I'm not racist I don't need to worry about that or oh I have I had actually someone to say to me like oh well I have like family members who are Mexican so like I'm not racist I don't need to be I don't need to be reading this book or doing this thing and I'm just like okay well you're you're not ready I love you. I will like hope that you will get there before your lifetime is over. Well, but, sometimes like, it's about having courageous conversations. Yeah. And there's a, ooh, I wish I did my homework on this. There's a model that we use. In, we didn't really plan on talking about this, but like uh, considering the state of our country and yeah, like why not? the I'm things that have been happening, like it, like I said, it's literally all I can think about. So I'm not surprised that we're here, but yeah, well there's, so there's a, there's a model that we use we're talking about courageous conversations and it's basically conversation. They're called courageous conversations because talking about race is uncomfortable, especially if you're a white person, because yeah. you don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to say something that's accidentally racist. And let me tell you, if you're a white person and you want to talk about race with anybody like please do it, like be open. But it's called a courageous conversation because it does take it takes courage to actually have those conversations. And that's something that people need to build up to. And there are, there are all sorts of agreements that you're supposed to have, like um, accept and expect non-closure, speak your truth, like all these things that you need to accept when going into these conversations. Um, but it's important to have them because if we continue to, and like everyone's on their own journey, but if we continue to say, I hope that they're, they figure it out, we're, we're not really taking that step yeah. in, you know, kind of like, sharing i don't want to say sharing the good news but really like passing on the education i'm an educator but at the same time on at the same time though like if someone's not ready to hear it or they're not open to hearing Mm -hmm. it like where do you draw the line of like i i need to invest my energy elsewhere Mm -hmm. where maybe it will actually be like heard more than like this closed concrete door that is like soundproof you know so it's like yeah. I, I I totally understand the important importance of like having those conversations even with those difficult people. But yeah. it's like if they're if they're literally not going to hear what you're saying, like isn't your energy better invested in someone who's like has the door cracked open already and like maybe isn't there, but like is at least can hear you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally I I hear what you're saying. And I I mean, I equate everything back to teaching. Like I have kids that like are not going to hear want to hear what I have to say whether it's about school or life or Spanish, like whatever it is, but it's it's kind of like chipping away at something. Like yeah. it, it nothing nobody racism is is learned. It, everything is learned. And so if 
I'm not saying like you need to go like social justice, kick down that door and make sure that they know that you're the most anti-racist person and that they need to, you know, follow like all this shit that, you know, and learn all these things. But I think I agree with you that like some people are just not going to want to hear it, but it's important that they keep hearing it. Yeah. Um, and in, a, in certain ways, like there's a way, like if somebody like tells a racist joke, I'm not saying like dive in and talk about like the syst- systemic racism that exists in our society, but saying like, Hey, I just want you to know that that's actually super racist. And um, I don't think that's okay. And yeah, totally, totally. And I think I think what I'm talking about is like having like a full on yeah, conversation like, about. Coffee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, I totally agree with you where it's like what's important is like is is what you do or how you handle those things when yeah. they come up, you know, and I think that I probably have a few people in my life that are probably avoiding me because of all the stuff I've been talking about and like posting on socials and stuff that they probably know that if they spend time with me in person that it's going to get brought up at some point and they don't want it to. So I'm sure I'm probably being avoided. But um, what else? I mean, yeah, but that's the thing. It's like it doesn't mean I'm going to stop sharing things or amplifying um black creators and their voices on my own page and doing doing whatever I can in my own everyday life to to do the right thing even if it's right now if it's if I'm not like you know I could we could always every single person could always learn more period yeah and so especially about this topic as a white person but yeah what I think is so interesting is I was having a conversation with my friend um, actually today on the way up. Um, shout out to my friend Tammy, who is like one of the most intelligent people that I know. But we were really talking about this. And um, I just when because we were talking about language and, and what's so um, interesting about us as Americans specifically white America I think that like Americans in general are very in their own bubble and I think it's easy to kind of center everything around yourself and not really dive into other cultures totally or even like dive into your own like who you are as an identity because I do this at the beginning of my classes I'm like I do an identity um, assignment I have kids um, talk about like four kind of more personal things and then four like really light things but I ask them like um, you know, what's, you can, how, how do you identify? So that can be like, if you're your culture, so is that your race? Is that your language? Is that your religion? Is that your sexual orientation? Like, what is that to you? Um, and that's just one of the things I talk about and I want them to really like have time because it's Spanish class. Like culture is a part of language, you know, yeah. or I guess language is part of culture. And so a lot of, I've noticed that a lot of my white kids, um, they are so confused they don't know they're like i don't get it like i i rarely have a kid of color come up to me and be like i don't get it you know because yeah. and it's not cuz i think it's weird i've heard i've had kids say like well i'm white i don't have any culture and yeah <laughs> and it's like i don't know like my family's german back and back or whatever and i think like people really miss the point of like really diving into your own identity and figuring out who you are um be, and I, I think we just kind of put ourselves in a box and I think that going back to language and it's all connected honestly going back to language is like it it kind of snuffs the fire of of people wanting to learn about other cultures right because if you if language 
thousands and thousands and thousands of hundreds of thousands of language across the world attached with different um, cultures and different races and the the less that you are really exploring yourself I think the and and where you come from and and kind of really embracing that um, and like looking to seek outside to other cultures I think that you have a little bit less less empathy and less 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 drive to really learn genuinely about other people where they come from what their customs are their languages and their experiences because like my experience is different than you know tammy's experience because she she's taiwanese and she identifies as asian american my experience is different than my boyfriend who is mexican-american it's just you're not going to have the same lived experience as someone else and i think that the more that you really go outside of yourself definitely like get to know yourself but it's it's you need to go outside of yourself and really expand your bubble and you need to learn about other people because without that like sense of empathy you're not going to understand where other people come from because there's a lot of generational trauma that come from that 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 black indigenous and people of color latinx asian that like they they have such generational trauma because of hashtag colonization uh <laughs> sorry um that it's just it, you're they're not going to have the same lived experience just like women i think I, I i go to women a lot because i think a lot of sorry a lot of white men, women can understand what it's like to to walk through life as a woman rather than a man you know what i mean like yeah because we experience oppression whether it's big or small as women right like yeah totally being catcalled like that's fucking terrifying and I hate it, you know, and I can if you relate to like you being a woman and understanding what that's like, no man is ever going to understand what a woman goes through. Right. Yeah. Just like I will never understand what a black person goes through. Right. So I think it's really important to engage with other people and really explore and because it'll it'll really open your mind and you'll really be able to understand why the world is the way it is. And it, it just makes I don't know everything make more sense yeah well I mean I think it's just it's natural for most people to be concerned about themselves and their own feelings and not you know unless you are an like a naturally empathic person yeah it's not a natural thing for most people to to uh to feel empathy for for people that aren't in their inner circles or whatever right but like that is something that like everyone should be practicing Mm -hmm. more and like the the cliche saying of like you know walk a mile in my shoes or like if the shoe were on the other foot or whatever you know like thinking of those scenarios and like like actively actively like trying to even though you will never fully understand somebody else's mm-hmm. lived experience exactly act, like at least trying yeah like thinking okay well if if i'm this and like let's let's say that i'm you know you know i i can't think of an example but thinking like what would i do if i was this person in this situation and i'm not in my white body yeah like what would that look like genuinely? It's like really hard to fathom that. Like yeah. I I joke around sometimes like what it would like to be a white man. Like I <laughs> this is probably TMI, but there was one point <laughs> there is whatever. There is one point where I I had um, a form of birth control that 
like I didn't have periods. Yeah. And I remember the first time that like my body got used to it and I like just didn't really have period, didn't have cramps, like all that stuff. I was like, is this what it's like to be a man? Holy shit. This like I don't have to worry about the bathroom, going to the bathroom. I don't have to worry about cramps or calling to work or putting on a like a, a brave face when I'm in front of my kids trying to like teach them something and my insides are being put through meat grinder and I'm like and I it, I know that it's funny to bring that up but it, it's just like I for a split second I was like oh my gosh this is this is something that I have to deal with as a female yeah every fucking month and I'm experiencing what it's like not having that which is a privilege that men have hello um so I think I bring that up because it it really is hard to understand you can only understand so much what somebody else goes through like you can learn everything there is about black history in america and where in all of its you know or um origins in various parts of africa but you will never truly understand what it's like to be a black person in america if you are not black yeah and it's and i think that that you can it's really like you said it's really important to like if you're not naturally an empathic person to like really try but it's it's fucking hard man. yeah well, I mean, yeah, it's difficult to, you know, for most people to genuinely think about anyone other than themselves yep. and have things be so have think that the world revolves around you. Like, yeah, whether you think you're doing it or not, we all do it. Yeah. Some of us just are a little bit more prone to empathy than others. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's just human nature is to think about yourself and your own problems and your own feelings. Yeah. Right. But like. When it comes to serious issues like what we're talking about, it's like you can't you can't argue somebody else's experience. They're telling you, hey, hundred percent this thing that happened or like I went through this or like my, you know, family or what whatever the case may be. And you say, oh, well, George Floyd was murdered by a white cop, but it had nothing to do with race. I'm like, are you a black person? <laughs> Then I don't give a shit what you think about it. Yeah. Honestly, like that sounds harsh, but like Mm, it's like it's true. And, you know, and like, you know, trying to make the argument. Well, there's, you know, white people kill white people. Yeah. okay, that's still wrong, but it's not racist. Like it's like you can't. Oh, there's so much. I get like so flustered, but like, you know, just trying to make, well, black people kill other black people. So what is that? There's just so, there's so much. It's a deflection. uh, Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. It's like, why are you saying these things? Why are you, why are you going off of the point? It's like, how do you think you would feel if you were living in a black body and you keep seeing on national news or whatever news or the internet or whatever, Black people keep continuing to be murdered senselessly mm-hmm. and just in general, yeah. like over and over yeah. and over. And then people are saying, well, oh, well, there's plenty of white people who get murdered who they don't put on TV or whatever. And it's like, OK, don't. but why are you trying to change the subject? Like, it's not just about people getting murdered. It's about it's about all of those other like like other things that like happen in daily life like you know like all the examples you see of like a black person walking into an elevator and other people clutching their purses or like mm-hmm. you know being uncomfortable when you're walking by somebody in the street who looks different than you or you know and not even just with black people with other people of color with yeah. homeless people with people with mental illness like people who mm-hmm. are different than you that you don't understand it's yeah. like you can't 
and then and then and then those people saying hey this is how this certain thing makes me feel as a person who lives in this body and then you saying ah well you're wrong it's like uh way to invalidate my lived experience like don't ever invalidate so you can't (sighs) invalidate someone's lived experience it gives me a headache i also want to say that you're listening to a podcast with two non-black females please if you are like if you want to hear more like from like what's the term like the mouths of babes or i don't know the (laughs) from the source i um like please like do your homework and like yeah seek out podcasts by black people like please like read books by black authors like it's not it's not hard to find the information i've been posting about it nonstop for weeks yeah it's like don't i'm but don't hear me wrong don't go to your black friends and expect them to educate you no. because that is look for people who are doing the work it's their job they're an author they're a speaker they're an activist they run a podcast like they there are people there are black people there are indigenous there are people that they're are, already willing and already yeah. putting the information the resources out there. are out there so please 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 seek out their voices because it's important for us to have these conversations as because even though we're not part of the black community but it's really important that you seek out black voices you're learning these things from the people who are living yeah from their lived experience exactly because we can only say so much totally totally and i think i mean i think that kind of I think that kind of goes without saying, but just just to like make sure that you like really understand that. But I think it is good, you know, because this is a podcast and because I know my audience, I know that my audience is predominantly white people that it's I think it's good for for other white people to hear an example of what it's like to have these conversations with with other white people, because we don't need to be putting that burden on on our black friends unless Mm. they have shared unless they have openly said hey i'm a person that you can ask questions like i don't mind answering your questions like i don't mind like putting that labor in or whatever but if they haven't like gone out of their way to say that you can just assume that they don't need it yeah so like you know it, it definitely like seek out those you know books by black authors instagram accounts whatever you can find like Mm -hmm. listen to the the people who are living the experiences Mm -hmm. but also it is important to have those conversations with your friends with your family with you know like and and you know do you get what i'm trying to say like yeah like this conversation that we're having right now is a really great conversation for us to have but could be extremely emotionally draining for a black person who has had who has already had this conversation a bajillion times 100 so and also google is free google is free okay so if youtube you, is free if you want to look instagram up, <laughs> is free like don't expect people to be your google like don't expect black community to be your google you need to make sure like if you want to like learn what is redlining google it like you, there's so many like factors in like is systemic racism that it's really easy to just use google yeah for sure and don't trust anything Candace Owens says. Oh, my God. Fuck that bitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh I had God. a couple people in my DMs about her. And I was just like, I like, uh, do I even do I, I even just try? Don't even, I, I, Is it even worth it to it's engage? It's really interesting to hear. Um, oh, gosh, I want to. And if you're listening and you have no idea who, who she is, like, you're lucky and don't don't seek her out. It's no. not worth it. It's not. It's not at all. 
I just, I think as a teacher, I think a lot about my students and I'm not a, I'm not a parent. Um, so I, not yet, but I, so I don't have kids and I don't, I'm not really thinking about raising children right now. My mindset is like the kids who I see every day. And I think it's, it's just super important to make space for those conversations and also like don't be afraid to just engage with people and I and I think especially young people because it's really interesting the things that kids say like the things that kids say like I teach in a predominantly white school um and it's it's really hard because I know that the that like my black and brown kids really feel othered and it's really hard um that we've created affinity spaces for them like we have a affinity group that meets um i mean when we're in school but um for like you know black and brown girls um and then for i think there's a there's like a young black men group and, and things like that but and like a latino boys group but there those spaces are really important and i and i think that um it's it's really it's really crucial that we're teaching kids how to be better humans yeah it's like it's like i said earlier racism is learned and until you unlearn these things like there are so many things that we as people have have learned throughout our education and life that we need to unlearn and so if you work with kids in any capacity like you have a responsibility to make sure or if you are a parent you have a responsibility to make sure that you are um, if you're a teacher and you have kids of every color that you're really making sure that you're creating an equitable space um, and you're making sure that those kids feel comfortable um, where they are are and that they feel served if that makes sense like they, they feel like you're there for them and that um, they they have a space you know whether that's an affinity group or or representation in staff hi um or adults in their life like you you have a responsibility as a parent or as a teacher or a caregiver whoever you are to really make sure that um you are you know yeah spread the news and i think that is something that has like like an extra layer that has like really lit a fire for me is the fact that I am raising a tot, you know, mm-hmm. a, a little person who is a toddler right now, but what an amazing opportunity to yeah. be able to start that with him now so that he doesn't get to be like me mm-hmm. almost 30 years old and not having any idea what any of this means. Mm-hmm. And just now starting to unpack all of this shit that I've learned and unlearning yeah, it and, it. and re educating myself on like all these things I had no idea about or just ignored or whatever so that has been something that has been a little bit of a like a with all the heaviness and all of the the anxiety and whatever you want to call it around like and the like sleepless nights of like just not being able to get it out of my head it's like okay but I have this not only am I doing the work for myself but also like I'm able to have this opportunity with my son Mm. to raise him and teach him the things that I'm just learning right now kind of thing. And if if you, and if if anyone who's listening and has children and you're not doing that and you're not, you're not actively trying to diversify your home in any way you can, like it's not too late and you should probably start doing those things. Yeah. If you're on Instagram, 
read like a rock star i think is her instagram i love handle. her yeah she's great i don't have kids and i don't teach elementary but i still it's still great infor- it's so i mean we i might as well be a, a second grader when it like i said i'm like a <laughs> newborn baby you know i'm serious yeah. like i've been buying all these books for lennox and like i'm reading these books with him and i'm like I literally, this is like, maybe this is just like my Pisces showing because I'm very sensitive, but (laughs) I was like reading him this book, like one of his new books he got and just like, it's so, they're literally picture books with like maybe two sentences on each page and I'm like trying to like choke back tears, like not because it's sad, but just because I like, it's so, it's so beautiful and it's like, you know, learning about other cultures and black people and their experience and whatever like it doesn't it's not all dark and sad and depressing oh, yeah. you know Let's there's please spread some like there's so much yeah. like joy and like there's it's so beautiful and like just like I wish that I had had more of that when I was growing up but yeah. I get to do that with Lennox now and it just like like I'm like sitting there reading him this like picture book and like about to like sob which is very on brand for me but it's also on um, brand that I'm bothered by the fact that like <laughs> that i'm bothered by the fact that like a lot of a lot of marginalized communities the narrative that is like shared about them what is learned about them is is their oppression like is is all of the darkness and what it does is that it it's so gross like when because when people think like oh black folks and and history they think of slavery and it's like and the Ku Klux Klan yeah, and lynching yeah and it's like oh when we when we think about like you know Native Americans we think of the Trail of Tears and we when you know we think of like various Latinx groups we th- it's just like it it's so upsetting that like the narrative and like the image that we teach in classrooms that we we think about we this history that we we see of of marginalized groups is their their darkness and it's not the darkness that they brought upon themselves it's what yeah it's what white folks it's what colonizers have done to these indigenous black people of color in around the world and so what it really bothers me that when people think of um you know when for example like japanese folks they what do they think of like what is the first thing you think of in terms of history do you think of anything great do you can you name any like notable japanese folks any science can can you and it's like no what do you think of you think of world war ii do you think of the internment camps that we had in the united states after like right after pearl harbor do you think is that the only thing you think of because you are not celebrating the beauty of japanese culture and all of the amazing things that have come from from japanese people and that's true for every single every single race and it's like you need to make sure that you are seeking out like the joy and the accomplishments and because like if you look at how much like black folks have built this country not only throughout obviously free labor um during slavery but let's go beyond that let's talk about all of the inventors that have created things like the elevator and the toilet and toilet paper that we (laughs) those are basic things but it's like we don't actually like celebrate the beauty of a lot of 
different peoples and it's really really upsetting that it's like oh native americans it's like an erasure like oh trail of tears they're all gone no native people are still here they're still here they're still celebrate they still write books and they're still your neighbors and they still exist they're living breathing people with beautiful beautiful stories and and history and celebrations Mm -hmm. just like you and i think that we need to do a better job of focusing things on focusing the narrative of of black indigenous and people of color on the lighter side as well like yes recognize the racist history of our goddamn not only country but world but really really make sure that you're recognizing how badass people are across every race and that you're lifting them up and you're reading their shit and you're watching their shit and you're um, learning about how much they built this country. Hell yeah. (laughs) You know what? I think that's a great spot to wrap this episode up because we could, I'm sure, go on for much longer, but you still have to drive home tonight. Oh, yeah, I do. What time is it? Oh, shit. Yeah, I know that you say you're a long-winded bitch. So am I. I love it. <laughs> I I literally cannot tell you how happy I am to not be sitting in this room by myself <laughs> trying to talk for 30 minutes to an hour about what I, I mean, sometimes I can do it pretty easily, but it's much more fun to have somebody else to like help me carry the conversation, bounce things off yeah, of. It's nice. I'm a lot funnier when I have a, like a, a an audience in front of me. <laughs> My your audience? Yeah. <laughs> That was like the, when I like went back to work. I was like, oh, my God, people to laugh at my jokes again. This you know, is great. I love it. But That's how I feel in front of a class. Whew, I feel like I need to take a few deep breaths after that. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh gosh, I'm so fun. glad. Honestly, like if it wasn't for the pandemic and like everything being shut down and like just now starting to reopen, like, I don't know, like would it have ever happened? Maybe, maybe, maybe. not. But I've been binging all I guess of your I guess it's episodes. T- technically your last week of school anyway, and you have summers oh, off, but God. I've just been like, I think people who are like in jobs that haven't stopped or people who are in the beauty industry mm-hmm. or whatever, like are so busy right now that I'm like, okay, I need to get people, I need to schedule guests for the podcast, yeah. but everyone's so busy. And I kind of have just gotten to a point where like, I'll be like either like scrolling through Instagram or just like randomly I'll think of someone or whatever. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. they'd be great for the podcast. Let me see what they're up to. So I'm glad it worked out. Thank you so much for being willing to come. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit all over the place, but I feel like it kind of like all like, huh? Oh, I was thinking Instagram. Oh, yeah, I'll get there. (laughs) I'm a pro. This is my 33rd episode. Damn. I know. Um, It would have been more, but, you know, quarantine Quarantine. and I didn't upload every week. But anyway, um, yeah, I feel like we kind of like kind of jumped all over the place a little bit, but I think it all kind of ended up working out. Mm -hmm. I mean, language is a part of culture and we're talking about different cultures different see races. i told you i told you we uh, it all connects which is like what are we going to talk about i'm like i don't know just give me something to start with and we'll go from there it'll be fine <laughs> yeah didn't but, even use my notes y'all <laughs> i know that's usually what happens um yeah so if if anyone has any 
questions if if you haven't been paying attention to the stuff that I've been posting on Instagram about you know from other black creators or anything like that and you have questions or you want a reading list or anything like that feel yep. free to reach out to me feel free to reach out to Natalie yep. I will put her <laughs> wow sorry Florian slip there Lit. I will put her uh <laughs> Instagram handle in the episode notes, description, whatever you want to call it. Of course, I'll tag you as well on everything. So it'll be easy for people to find you. Um, Yeah. Is there anything else you want anyone to know or you want to say? Um, (laughs) You're really putting me on the spot here. Well, I mean. Gracias. Okay. (laughs) Obrigada. (laughs) That's thank you in two languages. Um. Okay, well, yeah, I think uh, I think that's all we got. Yeah, I think that's thanks, it. Layla. Yeah, thanks so much for coming. It was good to see you after. It's been a long time. I love that. That's why I love podcasting. Like it's just an excuse to. It is like have a reason to hang out with someone I haven't seen. It is. It's great. Um, okay, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, go rate and review the podcast. Follow the Instagrams. And uh, TGIF, happy Father's Day to all the dads and all the moms who play dads. Yes. And uh, grandpas and father figures and mm-hmm. all, all of the things. Um, hope everyone has a great Father's Day. Uh, and if you don't have a dad, you can borrow mine. He's a great guy. <laughs> um, yeah. TGIF. We'll uh, talk to you next Friday. Bye. Bye.